Hello. Today, as we continue our series on self-care, we're going to be discussing emotional health and how to process those wonderful and messy and sometimes very undefined feelings that are an important element of our lives. Sounds like this podcast is for me. <laughs> Great. I'm glad you're able to join us. Let's do it. Welcome to the Moo Lily podcast. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. So happy fall. Praise the Lord. This, it's, it's autumn outside. It is glorious. It's the end of September, and it, just now it's cool. Mm-hmm. Just now. And it's been hot. It's been stinking hot, like 95 degrees in September, which is just not right. It's been very not right. So we are pleased that we, we have the door pleased. open, and there's cool air coming mm-hmm. in, and Christina has pumpkins out on her porch, and Yay. there's autumnal wreaths hanging on doors, and my heart <laughs> is glad. Autumnal. What a beautiful word. Isn't it, Jess? It is. <laughs> So welcome to the Moodily Podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Christiana. And this podcast is brought to you by Wooten Media, who make beautiful wedding videos. If you want to capture this uh, autumnal glory (laughs) in your wedding, contact Wooten Media. They'll do you right. They will. And if you want to check us out, we are doing the social media thing. We have Mm -hmm. a website com. we're on facebook yes we're on instagram we are and coming up we're going to be doing a fun little thing called war on grumbling so episode three we had naomi thomas with us and she was four doesn't matter four? Naomi yes. Thomas, who is fantastic uh, has a really powerful testimony of how coming out of alcoholism and coming out of just depression and and a bunch of very sort of dark things happening yeah. in her life. The Lord led her on a journey of really choosing gratefulness and uh, choosing to take her eyes off herself and, and really put them on all the wonderful things that he has done and who he is. And so as we come up to Thanksgiving, so from the 16th to the 24th, I don't know. Um, we're going to be on social media every day, posting something that we are grateful yep. for. And I really want to encourage all of us to get involved in this. Um, comment on us or even on your yeah. own uh, forum, whatever that social media or within your small group or whatever, um, to participate, yeah, join in the war on grumbling. Right. Especially in this climate. I don't know how many of you watched the debate, no. but it like <laughs> it's just so heavy. Like there's so much... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, fear or confusion or what what is going to happen coming into this season. And so we want to be prayerful. We want to be aware of what's going on. Absolutely. But we don't want to focus on that. Uh, We want to focus on Jesus. So I really encourage you to get involved with that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll be doing it. Me too. Yeah. I'm excited. I love love Thanksgiving. I think it's an underutilized holiday in our culture. You historically, you can be like, this is not actually a good story, but I choose to go, let's make a good story right now mm-hmm. and let's give thanks um, yeah. and on many levels. And I, I'm just obsessed with pie. So yeah. mostly I hear <laughs> Thanksgiving, I hear roots. pie. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. pie. I just love pie. We have like 13 pies every Thanksgiving. So. Oh, wow. For how oh, many yeah. people? Is that like, like one each? Five or six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two each. You know, you got let's Perfect. do pies justice. Mm-hmm. So, I, though I may not be eating any because let's, here's a little funny story I'll share about myself. So, I have a long history of gut issues and blah, blah, blah all kinds of things going on and I've seen an amazing naturopath who is when I do what he tells me to do it's awesome but it I think Blakely just hit on so many things last week or last pot about pressure versus peace and what is the capacity of the mom you know it's just so I need to do this detox that's like six weeks long it's gentle it's it's I need to do it and I just haven't been able to for like the last two years and so my body's been just so whacked out I thought you know what I'm gonna do a three-day cleanse I'm just going to go for it. So how did you come across this cleanse? I just Googled a lot of different things, specifically Mm -hmm. looking at liver cleanses and looking at a lot of different sites and coming up with, um, so drinking a couple of juices and doing blah, blah, blah. Right. Anyway, so I go into this thing and I will not bore you with the graphic, graphic details (laughs) of what happened to me during this cleanse. Could you just a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's up to you. The migraine was the first part. Mm. Intense, like. It's the deep, I mean, your body's shedding stuff and what you're going through withdrawal and anyway, and I eat pretty clean and healthy, yeah, like you really do. do. So I'm just, I just have a hard time with life. So anyway, that was exciting. And then the second day, like the voiding of all orifice, I don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Things started happening and coming out, which was expected, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then apparently Anyway, it just got really bad. I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm so sorry. Uh, but here's the funny thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is just, I was so hungry and crazy at this point. And I was doing a good, I had to feed my children, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And my husband wasn't there and I was going to cook dinner, which is so silly. I do this. I go, you know what? I'll do this thing in the midst of crazy circumstances, right. which just makes no sense. Busyness of life. No sense at all. So then I decided I'm going to order them a pizza. But I don't just want to do the cheapest thing. So we get Providence and we have to go pick it up. And the guy, I'm on the phone ordering it. And he's like, do you want anything else? And I'm, he's like, wings are half off today. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get some wings. <laughs> what am I thinking? <laughs> wings? I, I'm like literally dying. My intestines are like turned inside out. I can Did hardly, you get the extra like, spicy buffalo wings? Yeah, oh, I didn't perfect. eat them. I didn't eat them. But like, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, I told Hannah my dear friend and she just laughed hysterically she just laughed and and I just was reflecting and then I after I got home from getting the pizza then I thought I was gonna die it got even worse but I did not eat the wings they're in my fridge but so I'm reflecting on all of this and I'm thinking how often do we want things to be fast and just over and done with Mm. in any journey of health whether it's emotional or physical or spiritual we want to see results and it's not just as Americans I think it's just as people like Blakely was talking about how those good choices and the right choices that bring peace aren't always easy Mm -hmm. you know they're hard they're, they're good and they bring life but they're hard so I was just reflecting last night as I was laying in bed sipping chicken broth and water and just laying there prone how nothing comes fast right it's a process and the first part is always kind of surrendering and just accepting this is a process it's going to take time Mm -hmm. I'm in it for the long haul right you know and I want to see results and I'm a journey girl like I like journeys man Mm -hmm. but part of me just was like I want to see results I want to see change let's just get it done I'm tired of the place that I'm at Mm -hmm. whether it's emotionally or physically 
but it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. It just doesn't. Good observation. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a perfect transition. <laughs> Were you finished? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> no, I think that's very insightful. Like the concept of what goes up fast comes down fast. You know, what yeah. we build deliberately and take time and embrace the process is what's really going to last. That's right. Way to go. <laughs> hey. I'm sorry for your traumatic <laughs> detox. Too. Me too. It's but okay. that is a great lead-in to our, um, our guest. We have a guest with us today. We do. So I'm very excited to welcome Sarah Miller. She is a professional counselor who specializes primarily in helping women struggling with eating disorders. Uh, But her work also extends to families struggling with anxiety, uh, mood disorders, uh, general adjustment, relational, interpersonal concerns. And I I spent some time with Sarah recently. um, I was talking to her about one of my kiddos who was Mm. experiencing some big emotions and I feel like with our kids they hit on big emotions in us you know and this was one of those kind of um like moments where I was like I do not know how to handle this which was kind of scary for me because I had like completely come to the end of myself anyway Sarah her insight was was incredibly helpful professionally but also just as a mom like she has walked this herself and she just made this comment about as women many of us have been told from a young age that we are too much and so we turn to food or any number of things to help us cope and I thought yes this is a conversation that we need to have on Moolily so thank you so much for joining us sure thanks for having me yeah I'm excited I'm excited too. <laughs> this is a topic that I feel like, oh, I was just talking to someone the other day going, I, it's time for a counselor, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm, I love having conversations with people who have the education and the experience mm-hmm. and the insight. Mm-hmm. Cause I hit so many moments with my kids where I go, I don't have the skill. I don't right. know what to do here. Mm-hmm, and sure. I just want to glean the wisdom, you know, from the people who do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So here's a question. This is something that oh, I, I love. I love talking about emotional health because I think it's so neglected in yeah. the church as a whole. Absolutely. So I want you to talk about, so as people who love and follow Jesus, our perspective is that we're created in the image of God. So we're filled with all the potential of the beauty and strength and healthy function within our own hearts that our emotions are part of who he is, so they have an important role to play, right? They're not an afterthought. They're not part of the fall. They're not something that has to be managed. Can you share with us us what's a healthy way to view our emotions, especially when we find ourselves in a tricky spot, when we're experiencing big emotions? Sure. Well, first of all, it is true that we are made in the image of God, and he created emotion. And he has emotion, and he created us to be able to experience um, our likeness and share mm-hmm. his image right. and experience what he experiences by through our emotions. Mm-hmm. And the root word, and the emotion, and in this root uh, means to to move. Um, and so emotions are something that we have to learn to listen to, to pay attention to, mm. um, really to, they are, they, they help us move. They either help us to move into learning more about ourselves, about someone else, about a relationship. Um, and sometimes um, they move us to action. Sometimes 
it's not necessary to take action. <clears throat> it's just that I need to understand yeah. what this emotion is telling me. Um, it's also, emotions are also the way that we connect with others. They are the way that we attune mm -hmm. and experience intimacy. Without emotion, it's kind of like we'd be playing, um, if, you, if you ever play the piano and you just play the melody, um, or you listen to a symphony and all you hear is the melody, you're missing all the rest wow. of the picture. Yeah. It's, like watching a black and white TV show, you don't mm -hmm. experience the yeah. fullness of any relationship without emotion. Yeah. Um, and emotion, I think, has emotions have been, you know, through the feminist movement, in a sense, I think that emotions have been um, tagged as, as women, we can't have certain emotions or we're too much mm. or we can't, we aren't seen as strong or capable or we're just moody and unreliable or unpredictable. And so I think there's been a, a very, there's a lot of mixed messages that women get, um, yeah. specifically women, of course, men too, about how do we have emotion? How do I be feminine, but not overly emotional. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say that they're overly emotional or too sensitive? Right. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing I think that's really, really important is that we understand that emotions are part of how we are made, men and women, and mm -hmm. we need to embrace our experience of emotion. Um, and we need to understand what, like, what emotions are. Like some of the primary emotions, the primary emotions are things we have to kind of begin to identify, like fear, hurt, pain, shame, joy, sadness. And when we can start to identify what I'm actually feeling and then letting those emotions help us to understand what do I need to do with that? Like, how do I get my needs met? How do I connect? How can I begin to identify what I'm feeling so that I can go about doing something that's going to help me? Um, to be the person that I actually am versus just reacting to a situation out of an emotion that mm -hmm. I'm not identifying. I don't know where it's coming from. Right. And then I'm just kind of all over the place and need some emotional regulation at that point and can hurt others and hurt myself yeah. right. because I'm reacting out of a place. I don't know what's actually happening and why. Mm -hmm. So um, what I really, I think that when we find ourselves in that place, we just find ourselves reacting all the time and we don't know why we're doing what we're doing. Then mm -hmm. that becomes a pretty tricky spot and overwhelming and it can push people away and, yeah. and it can certainly hurt, hurt our relationships, hurt ourselves, our relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, um, when we think about what do I do with that? I think first we have to learn to identify what do, what am I actually feeling? Yeah. I think it's so interesting that you hit on, how important emotions are in connecting with others and experiencing intimacy because as women whether you have children or not we are so relationally yes wired and so we're often carrying things on behalf of other people or it's just our role in our workplace or in our family or whatever yeah. we we bring leadership for better or for worse you right. know so could you speak you you named um a bunch of emotions and mm -hmm. and how important it is to be able to sort of identify what's happening could mm -hmm. you give us some simple tips to how to begin to identify and give language to and process what's going on in our hearts sure so just a very small example but very common I mean yesterday morning I woke up just irritable just so mm -hmm. like don't touch me don't talk to me yeah uh, my husband tries to give me a hug and I'm like mm-mm 
like (laughs) just give me space he's like what is wrong you just woke up and I so this is how I begin to process like this is I begin to say okay what is actually happening and I'm so I'm going you know like it doesn't take me long now but when I was starting this journey in my life of understanding emotion it took me a while to figure this out it wasn't just an automatic thing but now it is um hopefully (laughs) I'm doing it as my profession (laughs) um but anyway I could say yeah I'm irritable because and I'm just like yep sorry give me a second and I was just like I am having to have a hard conversation today. And I also had some things in the back of my head that were burdening me regarding my son's health and some things happening for him. And so as women too, we don't have the waffle. We don't have the spaces, you know, that we can kind of compartmentalize compartmentalize Mm -hmm. like many men just naturally do. And I don't mean to be stereotypical here, but I'm just saying it, we are, we kind of have it all happening all the time because we're so relational and Mm -hmm. we carry so much all the time. It's part of the way that we're wired and it's a beautiful thing that allows us so I've things. heard that a woman's brain is like spaghetti. Yeah. Like everything right. is yeah. touching and it doesn't look to be like there's any kind of organization. Not yeah. I'm sure there but is. But it's what but allows us to multitask and it's what right. allows us to be a mother and do a podcast <laughs> and have a personal business and all those other things that <laughs> yeah. we do uh-huh. um, and to bring people along with us. And so mm-hmm. anyway, all to say, so what I did is I just, okay, so I'm irritable because I don't have this conversation. I know that. Um, really what's happening is I have a fear. Like I don't have to do it like specifically, but I can kind of take a second and say, I know I have a fear that they're not going to like what I have to say. Right. And I was not wanting to do the conversation. And so I had to kind of make a decision at that point. Okay. How do I take care of myself right now? Mm-hmm. And am I going to let the morning just like go haywire and off the rails because, and so my children are now responsible for my conversation that I'm feeling irritable right. about. No, mm-hmm. that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So clearly I'm like, okay, let me get in the shower and just take a moment. And so I just begin to ask the Lord to come and just comfort me and to be with me and um, to help me to remember that, he, that I'm not alone and to, to bring peace. And so it was a very like, you know, two second, five, five, ten second thing. Right. But um, just to be able to then have compassion on myself to say, yeah, this is a hard conversation. Of course, you're going to feel a little mm-hmm. anxious about it. Um, that's the the steps when we look at sharing, when you look at dealing with emotion, first, we just have to observe it without judgment. So I wasn't like, what is wrong with you, Sarah? You're so irritable. Like, get your stuff together. Like, yeah. that sh- leads right to shame, which leads us right into a spiral that really takes us down into a pit pretty quick. Right. And that's happening all the time in most women's minds. There's mm-hmm. constant self-criticism and judgment. So first observe it without judging it. Then name it. Like try to I'd name that one of those primary emotions. Am I, am I scared? Am I sad? Am I hurt? Um, am, I, am I feeling some level of shame or loneliness? Mm-hmm. And when you can identify that, I was scared. I needed comfort. And in right. that moment, the way that I got that was by having compassion on myself um, and then really going to the Lord in that particular moment. In another moment, I might tell my husband I'm having, I might talk to him about it at that particular moment. I didn't really need to, Okay. but, um, it wasn't that big of a thing. It was just, you know, mm-hmm. but another, another time just being but able to say, babe, be. I just know that yeah. I'm having this conversation and I just, and he's able to say, babe, I hear you. You know, he doesn't have to fix yeah. it. He doesn't that's have mm-hmm. to do anything about it. And that's been a journey for him you know, for him to realize I don't have to make it better for her. It's okay for her just to be with her emotions. Yeah. Um, so we, we first observe without judgment, we name it, then we validate it and we validate the experience. We have Mm. to be able to do that for ourselves. And then we can play this out with our children too. So many times, aren't we just saying, stop being angry or stop being mad or get your stuff together. Like, you know, go to your room and be, be nice. That works for 
me. Right. <laughs> it works for me too. Right. Um, go to your room and calm yourself down. Yeah. Like stop being mad at your sister. Like there's just things that we say or, you know, let's put on a happy face. And you know, these, these comments that are made that really don't allow our children to have the space to understand what they're actually feeling and to identify, oh, you might be feeling angry right now, or you might be feeling so scared, or you might be feeling embarrassed. And so helping them to find words for their own emotions, then valid, then observing it with them, helping them name it, then validating their experience. Of course, that's going to feel scary. I see right. how that can feel scary. I'm And I'm with you, and I understand mm-hmm. that that could be scary mm-hmm. for you. Um, I can only imagine that that's so big and that feels completely out of control right now. That's so good. I need to hear that because so often I sort of try and play the devil's advocate. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, but just think about how that other little boy felt. or You know that he didn't mean it or I try and kind of talk Mm. them out of it and that's really unhelpful. Well, it's not that there's not a place for that because I think that there is, but when there's heightened emotion, we can take it in a personal way or with our children or with our any relationship. This Mm -hmm. is all around the board. What happens is when we're heightened emotionally, our amygdala is lit up and that's the emotional part of our brain and we cannot get to the prefrontal cortex where the logic is until the amygdala has been calmed down. Yeah. So when you can kind of, I think about it like um, petting a dog or like just mm-hmm. the hand touch on your arm of like, I'm with you. You're not alone. Right. You will not be alone in this. Um, and the, the, just the physical touch that calms the body down and just thinking of like calming the amygdala down. You're safe. You're yeah. loved. Mm-hmm. That's something that I just continue to tell my children is you are safe. You are loved. I am here. You're not alone. Mm. Um, these are big and you're not doing it alone. You're safe. You're loved. Yeah. Um, and then just really helping that amygdala calm down to the point where then that logical process can happen. So the steps being let's not rush the let's validate, let's understand it. And like the other night, just in bed, um, my daughter was having a difficult moment and, you know, we kind of went one direction and then I would kind of circle back and I eventually like this essence of the whole conversation was sometimes, hun, you don't, it doesn't really, you want what you want and you want it right now, but really what you want is to feel understood. Is that yeah. right? And yeah. she is like, yeah, mommy, that's right. Wow. I really just want, in this particular case, I just wanted you and daddy didn't know how important this was to me. And I said, I know, I hear you. And then, and you still go to bed tonight at the time that you need to go to bed. Right. Because we love you so much. We know that if you don't go to bed on time, that it will mm-hmm. make it harder to get up in the morning. And it's really important to me that you understand that I know how important it is for you to finish this. And I hear you and you're not alone in that. Yeah. And we'll fall, we'll find a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just won't happen right now. So it's not, it's not that we don't have logical conversations. It's mm-hmm. just that we have to kind of let the amygdala calm down, seek to understand, to validate, to empathize, mm-hmm. to be together in my pain, to share the pain with another, and then we can go into problem solving. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because really pain shared, it, the research is showing us in brain imaging yeah. that when you are with a partner or with a friend, um, during a, a painful experience, um, and they were doing like a, a needle prick on the bottom of a foot and having you hold like someone be in the room, a friend, a partner versus no one. And the way that the brain responded and what lit up in the brain, it changed in every different situation. Wow. So what we know is pain shared feels very different than pain alone. Yeah. So though emotions, like you said, um, we cannot get through things quickly. It's a process. 
but if we can kind of help ourselves and help our, in our relationships, help it be okay to be in the process and to not have to be alone in the process, then the way that we cope with difficult, big emotions, it Mm -hmm. looks really different. It looks really different. Absolutely. Wow. It's so insightful. It is. And just to have those practical steps to walk through. And I think we take for granted that we know what we feel. I mean, it's a reality. And I see that in myself, how many times I'm irritable and it's because I, I have to stop and, Oh, actually I'm feeling something. That's right. And I have quite a few friends who are recovering from codependency Mm -hmm. and for them it's even, you know, it's a victory to go, Oh my gosh, I'm fee, I'm angry or I feel sad. Yes. And just, I think we just take for granted thinking that we know what we feel and we don't. Mm-hmm. And the word frustrated is one of those words. Uh-huh. I had a supervisor one tell me some one times tell me it's the F word of emotion, <laughs> and we would laugh about it because frustrated really tells us nothing yeah. about like I'm frustrated that my pin dropped versus I'm frustrated that my friend was just in the hospital and the doctor didn't re- attune to her the way I wanted her to. Totally yeah. different things. Completely different. Yeah. But the word frustrated doesn't really Not communicate it. So we have to get to a point where we can really identify. And usually it's a mixture. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that I'm frustrated or I'm angry. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm scared. And the way that we can identify that and the way we receive, we get the need met is different based yeah. on what we feel. Yeah. Yeah. So... Talk about what are some of the traps that we can easily fall into that can be destructive to our emotional health? Good question. Um, this is a big question. I think, um, I think one of the, when I think one of the biggest things as women, I call it the porn for women is comparison. Mm. And that if we as women don't aren't vigilant and really, really careful about comparison, we self-destruct. So why do you think it's comparison? I agree, but I'm yes. saying talk about that. Because comparison is, is, is the way that we judge, either ourselves or another, and that's what leads to shame. Mm-hmm. And anytime we experience shame, we disconnect. We hide, we mm-hmm. cover up, and we run away. And so shame will be the culprit. And the same goes for porn, really. I mean, yeah. it's the essence yeah. of reasons that we stay addicted to pornography or any other kind of addictive is, be, is often shame, the shame cycle. Yeah. And it's to not deal with emotion, right? It helps us to, to numb out. Mm-hmm. And I think comparison in a sense does the same. It helps us to numb from our own inadequacy, our own fear, our own loneliness. And if we can be better than someone one day, then we feel better for a little bit. But then the next moment we're comparing. And the other thing that we do is we compare to what is absolutely unrealistic and absolutely right. untrue. So point. I look across the way and I say, well, you've got you know, your kids have all eaten, they're all dressed and their hair is all done. And wow, you've got your stuff together, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> um, I'm sitting here with my kiddos and our hair is not done and our makeup, you know, our, there's still food on our faces and we're just running out the door. Mm-hmm. And so my moment, like that comparison mm-hmm. moment is what am I doing wrong? So right into shame, right into self-criticism and judgment. When the reality is, is I don't know what that whole morning looked like. You know, I don't know what cussing could have happened right. I don't know what tantrums could have happened or maybe they were but just I have a, a nanny that just took it, care of it all for exactly. me <laughs> or maybe they had a great smooth morning yay for them right right and everybody cooperated and yeah. that's just yay for them that wasn't our morning yeah mm-hmm. that's okay but they're yeah. a kid there's there's just 
we don't look at the whole picture. We can't see the whole picture. We don't see the pain. We don't see the whole story. And so what we're comparing to it, to me, it's a lot like when you look at a magazine cover and you see all the Photoshop stuff right. and you make a comparison. I'm like, you don't even know if that's her actual arm, people. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that, could be sin- that could be like, you know, that could be one person's arm, one person's head, one person's it's leg, so and true. then it's all been photoshopped. And now as women, we're comparing ourselves and saying we should look like that. No, yeah. that's a ridiculous a lie. Comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So the trap is com- one of the biggest traps I see is comparison, which really leads to shame. And so that is for our emotional health. It's probably one of the most detrimental things we can do. And it is hard work to not do it. But the more that we learn how to have compassion for ourselves and the more that we can um, move out of judgment of ourselves, then the easier it is to do with others. And so really essentially like what would it be like for us women that we like see each other on the same team? Like we're on the same team. We're for each other. We want the best for one another and that we are not judging because we really, really know how hard it really is Mm -hmm. and that we are in touch with our own pain, our own brokenness, our own struggles. And in that, we can accept where we actually are. And so we don't have to figure out where they should be or compare ourselves to where we are versus them. Wow. That's really powerful. Like that's very simple, but very empowering. Like we are on the same team. Let's do this together. Let's help each other out. Let's not judge for their sake because that inhibits us from really loving them and having compassion for them, but also for our own sake. Like it's so damaging for our own heart to sort of live in that place of judgment and comparison. Right. We had a guest last week, uh, Shirley Brownhill, and she just made this little comment at the end. Our consistency, I can't, I'm not even going to be able to get it right. We need to be s- consistent in our humility. humility. Mm-hmm. And I just thought just how powerful that was to, to know who we are and to be comfortable with who we are. Even if we know, as you say, like our weaknesses and our brokenness and there's a process in that. Um, but that enables us to give grace to yeah. others and to ourselves. And what happens when we, you know, the out the outpouring, I think, of comparison and self-criticism often is that we're saying things that really lend themselves to women comparing themselves to us. Right. And there's no benefit in that, really. So I think that's one. I think the, another big one is... Um, is perfectionism, of course, just unrealistic expectations of ourselves um, and constantly feeling like we should be fixed and be better. The reality is, is we're not machines. Uh, We're humans and we're not, it's not something we need to fix. It's a process we're in, we're growing, we're changing and it's constant throughout our entire lives. Um, So perfectionism is another one. Um, I think another one is just only listening to your emotions and not looking at um, asking community to speak truth into what's happening and letting community help us in those those times where we are in a hopeless place Mm -hmm. or when we feel really stuck because our brains get dysregulated and our brains get off track. And from a neurological standpoint, you know, our brains kind of get hijacked. Yeah. And so we need community around us. Um, and so isolation, I think, is a big trap. And feeling like we're the only ones that are struggling with this, um, that no one else will understand because this is so shameful. Or, I'm the, you know, I'm the only one struggling or, um, or we minimize it and my pain is not as big as so-and-so's. Yeah. So again, at the yeah. root of it is comparison. Right. So, you know, I see her over here dealing with this and this and this and this, and I'm just dealing with this. So mm-hmm. I should be better than I am. You yeah. know, I should be getting through this better. Right. And look at how she's 
suffering so well and look at me I'm falling apart over dot 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 and so I think we can be on either extreme where we're Mm -hmm. like nobody gets this because this is so big and I'm the only one struggling here or minimizing and my pain is not comparable and so I should be better and not tell anyone about it could you give us a little like a practical kind of play that out so I'm sure say I'm trapped I'm struggling with this thing and I don't want to tell anybody about it what would be a good first step like who is a safe person or what is a safe environment like is it a mom's group where there's eight other people or is it just one friend or like how how do you get out of that trap where you're inviting other people into your pain one thing you know Brene Brown talks about is you know trust is earned and we don't mm-hmm. just throw our cards out on the table and say, hey, who's going to pick them up? Because, yeah. you know, scripture, you know, don't throw your pearls to the swine. Yeah. We have to be careful. That's mm-hmm. the thought we do. And so I think it takes time and learning who are my safe people. And like, it may be one person that you begin to say, I'm really, you know, usually it's going to be a person who shared some vulnerable things with you. Right. And you've seen how they've responded to other people in their vulnerable moments. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts with just really asking the Lord to, to show you someone who's safe. And if you don't have safe people, talk to someone professionally so yeah. that you can work it out from a, in a place that you know, hopefully at least, um, it will be safe. And then it might be after you talk to someone who might be in a more professional setting that they help you work it out with friendships and figure out what friendships yeah. that might right. look like. And again, it depends on what it is, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, you know, and it depends on what level of shame you have. And I think depending on your shame, it will also change your ability mm-hmm. to reach out and ask for support. But somebody who's shared some vulnerability with you is typically somebody who would be safe, would you say? I would say, and how they have, and how you've watched um, them care for you in times where maybe you haven't been as vulnerable, like you've been somewhat vulnerable, or you've shared a a difficult moment, like a bad mom moment. Did they Mm -hmm. shame you? Did they be like, well, you know, what are you going to do better next time? Right. (laughs) Or were they like, yeah, well, you know, but gosh, at least you have a husband at home to help you, you <laughs> right. know? Um, or at least your kid isn't like in at children's mercy right now. Uh-huh. Um, that, those kinds of comments I would say are probably, you know, they're not empathetic. They're not empathetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're not helping you to work through your experience. Right. Those are kind of more shame based comments. And so you kind of have to look at who are the people that I've felt safe with when I've shared even little things yeah. and, and built and continue building that trust with them. Yeah. That's really sage advice because I think there's a lot of sharing with non-safe people yeah that leads to the problem becoming exacerbated or what you're struggling with just becomes 10 times worse because then you have this wounding from this place that's not safe absolutely and one thing too I was thinking about while you're talking is those traps I can look and go well yeah like I feel like and especially the last six months strongly I've been struggling with perfectionism in a certain place and um what was the first one you said Oh, comparison. Comparison in a certain way. I already forgot it. No. But I think what's so interesting is that they didn't look that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that sometimes some people may write off and go, oh, I don't struggle with perfectionism because we have an idea of our head of what a perfectionist looks like. That's exactly right. Right. And so to, it took the journey I'm on with Jesus. Like it took, it took months to get to the place of being vulnerable with him and with others where I went, Oh my gosh, that's perfectionism. Exactly. You know? So I think to, to be aware that it, you may have an idea in your head of what it looks like. Right. And it's, it doesn't always look like that. And I think that that comes back to just the grace that we give one another to be on the journey. Mm -hmm. Like your friends, you know, 
sometimes people will notice things before you will. And if we can kind of rest in that safe place with the Lord to say, I trust that the Lord is working in them and I don't have to do that for them. (laughs) And that I don't have to figure that out for them or fix it or change it or teach them about that. And I can let go of any of that judgment around those things because I trust the Lord is going to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, then it's safe whenever that person's ready to talk about it. You're a safe person for them because you don't have an agenda. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Crucial. Yeah. So my next question is a little bit tricky and you just, you just kind of hit on it a little bit, but there's, uh, there's plenty of guilt around and we can feel that if we're struggling with anxiety or perfectionism or whatever it is, that it's just the devil and we just need to pray more. You know, Mm -hmm. we kind of spiritualize things Mm -hmm. that there can be a big divide, um, between our faith and our reality um, which is something that we're passionate about here on the Moo Lily podcast. Sure. Like we want to be real and we want to bring Jesus into the chaos of life, that there's not like two separate yeah. boxes. Um, but so I guess my question is, what are some of the red flags? Like what is something, some things that we can see that will indicate to us that we need to in faith, mm-hmm. um, but to, to seek some professional help? We need sure. something outside of just getting in the word more and praying more and all those things that are so valuable, but we were a bit stuck, you know? Well, I'll just say that, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've seen in my office who have been so wounded by those words, yeah. you know, by things where Christians in good with good intentions have said um, in a place that they've done everything they could. Um, I remember a time when I was like right after college and Uh, working my first job and I literally, and I was in ministry and could not open the Bible Mm -hmm. because it made my stomach hurt Mm -hmm. because of where I was emotionally. And I had some things that the Lord needed to do in me. And he literally had me shut the Bible, not all scripture, but there was a, a point where he showed me that I was loved and accepted no matter what I was doing. Yeah. Right. Like quiet time. And like, mm. he just had to take me through this journey of helping me to connect with him in a relational way versus a logical way and mm-hmm. a kind of more of a works-based way. Right. And so, um, you know, I've just seen time and time again, people be really wounded and shamed by the oh, church yeah. Yeah. because if you were doing something better, this wouldn't be happening to uh-huh. you. Right. The reality is, is this not about that? There's, there's circumstance, there's environment, there's neurological, physical, physiological, genetic. Um, there's so many factors that, that play a part in why someone might be anxious or dealing with perfectionism. And it's not simple and it's not one thing. It's a culmination of all these things that we have to kind of address one thing at a time as we have capacity for. So, um, I would say number one is that we have to really um, open our eyes to the fact that it's not just spiritual. It's emotional, relational, mm-hmm. yeah. physiological, psychological, all of it. Right. Um, so when you find yourself in a spot where you're, you recognize that the things that I've done before aren't working now and the things that I think you know, I'm, I'm stuck and I don't know what else to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, or you find yourself that you're in a place where the, your functioning is changing in your relationships or people are noticing even that you're withdrawing or you find yourself not able to relate relationally and you notice that those things are happening. I would say, yes, get help. I think people are, st- I think 
counseling still very stigmatized and yeah. that I don't need to do counseling unless I'm like falling apart and not able to get out of bed. Right. That's just not true. No. I mean, people are, there's lots of high functioning people that are complete, their souls are dead, yeah. but they're still functioning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, um, I, I, I would think give yourself permission and have compassion for yourself to say, this is just part of my self care is seeing a therapist or seeing, yeah. um, a life coach or whoever it is that will help you get unstuck. And if we could see that, like, as like getting a massage or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, right. that it's not this awful thing. It's just part of what I need to do in order to, to get to a healthier space in my life. Yeah. Or like a, yeah. So I think that's, does that answer your question? Yeah. It does, definitely. Yeah, one thing that I love, I'm a huge Uber fan of the life model works. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar yes. though. I love, I love life model works. Yeah. It's so. part of one of the things I was going to uh-huh. talk about. The yeah, I love life model works. But yeah. one of the things we were talking about is how, you know, so much as children, because of our family circumstances, we don't have skills passed yes. on to us that we need to be able to process our emotions. And um, so it's the recognition, well, maybe I'm not about to kill myself. Yes. Right. I'm not, I'm not at that desperate place mm-hmm. where I would need to see a counselor, but Hey, I'm lacking all these skills. That's There's exactly all these right. things. And so most of us are, and well, so all of us, are, all of we us don't are. have human perfect parents That's or right. we don't live in a perfect environment. Yeah. We all lack some skills. Right. I mean, some have more than others, of course, but yeah. So recognizing that, so the stigma of, I don't need to see a counselor, mm-hmm. but being able to have this awareness of that's a, I still have a lot of things I need to learn and there's somebody who can teach me. That's right. There's someone who can help me That's and right. it's going to really change, um, the, my life and the way I'm living and the people mm-hmm. around me. Just That's such that a great awareness. perspective it really because is. I love learning. I love f- understanding new things and developing new skills and so that's very motivating to me even if I am really struggling with something to go and say okay this is something new that I need to learn this Mm -hmm. is this is information this is going to make me a better person a better wife a better mom whatever uh, rather than I'm broken and I need somebody to fix me you know like right um, which again is that shame-based model that there's something wrong with me Uh versus I just recognize that I'm a human being and Mm -hmm. I need support and care Right. And this is a step I can take to get that. Awesome. I think pride keeps us Mm -hmm. from asking for help too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. What will people think if they knew I was getting that help? Yeah. Yeah. So what would be, I think you've just, it's so gold. It's gold what you've shared, but what is something important that we all need to remember? That's a big, huge question. <laughs> you can just wrap everything up wrap in one everything little up. clean package. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think that if we as women could come to a place of, I mean, ultimately I do believe that understanding from a relational perspective, the love of the father and really being able to, you know, fully engage relationally with the father who really sees us as, beautiful women who Mm. he loves and cherishes. And, um, I mean, ultimately when we can get close to that and fully embrace who we really are, then the comparison and the judgment and the shame, we have a place to go to in those, we have a place to go to. Yeah. Um, the Emmanuel prayer model has been something that's been really 
really powerful interactive prayer model has been really powerful Mm -hmm. in, in my life in learning how to really fully embrace how Jesus actually is mm-hmm. and how he actually sees me and yeah. um, mm-hmm. that I'm not alone in these tender places um, or in pain or in, or even in loneliness that I'm really mm-hmm. not alone, even though I may feel it. Yeah. Um, and I think that when we can get close to that, connected to that, yeah. then our, the way that we handle our emotions is different. Um, and there's times that we can't, you know, it's just too painful. There's been woundedness from, spiritual things. Yeah. Um, so if we can have compassion and be patient with ourselves, um, and accept where we actually are instead of shaming ourselves for where we should be mm-hmm. or where we're not, or looking around and judging ourselves for where we think we're supposed to be, um, and relax a little bit and just be where we are, you yeah. know, and let it be, mm-hmm. um, and give ourselves permission to journal and process and identify this is actually how I feel. And some times I can't do anything about that. Um, it's just what I am. There's emotions are not good or bad. They just are. There's not a Hmm. right or wrong one. They just are. Um, and when we can kind of be a little more, you know, have some, allow allow for peace in that this is just an emotion. This is a wave I'm going to ride. It's going to be intense and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that the way we interact as women would be so different because we would just be able to like lock arms and hold one another mm-hmm. and to be with one another and to be present instead yeah. of, you know, even in our hearts, you know, one upping or downing or, yeah. um, making those internal judgments that we don't even sometimes know that we're aware of. So good. I think my main takeaway from today is two things. One is the the concept of being on the same team with other women, looking at each other and saying, I'm on your side That's right. rather than comparing, um, which brings condemnation on myself or on them. And the other thing you've, you've used this different phrases to say the same thing multiple times is just giving ourselves compassion, yeah. mm-hmm. being, okay, this is where you are at. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think so often I feel that I need to fix this. I need to somehow mm-hmm. change it or just make it go away so that I can keep going. But to just allow myself to be in that place and obviously to realize that I have to keep going because yeah. life happens, but not to feel like there's something wrong with me that's right. if I wake up and I am afraid about this thing that's coming up or yeah. I am you know, angry about this thing that happened and, and know that in that moment I can't maybe fix everything but um, receive comfort from the Lord and allow myself to receive comfort, period. That's you know, right. And ask for that, you know, yeah. from your partner or from a friend or mm-hmm. even just, and sometimes the emotion just needs to be said, just identified and that's part of what lets it go so that we can ride that wave. Yeah. Wow. I feel like so many things you said are right where I am, where I've been just stuff I've been processing over the summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so reminded of um, how I have no compassion for myself at all. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what's going through my head and how the Lord's been speaking to me so much mm-hmm. about how he's so glad to be with me yeah. and to have compassion for yeah. myself and to just be. Mm-hmm. And there's all these things I'm learning and all these things I know how to do, but in the, in, in the midst of all of it, this issue of not having any compassion and not just letting it be mm-hmm. seems to trump a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I just feel that the Holy Spirit's just that gentle, like, this is how I see you and I have compassion 
mm-hmm. your brokenness and I have tenderness for your weakness. That's right. You know, and just to have tenderness for my own weakness. Right. I think. Beautiful. It's, it's really, it is gold. As Christiana said, thank you so much for being with us. Sure. Thanks today. for having me. Yeah. And we look forward to being together again soon. Yes, we do. Have a wonderful week and give yourself compassion. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.